Hey everybody, it's almost New Year. Can you believe it? This year has come and gone. And I fear that we're headed into a new year with the same desire to be as busy as we are, well, right now. Well, let's face it, every study in the world says we're running at a pace that is unsustainable. I bet your family feels it. You probably felt it over the holidays. You're about to jump right back into a new year. And before you know it, we'll blink and Easter will have been here. The real question is not, are we busy enough? The real question is, are we quiet enough? I, I suffer from this. I'm a, I'm a productivity junkie. I seem to spend more time trying to get more effective and more productive at what I do rather than trying to learn how to slow down. When, when I hear the words of God, when I hear him say, just slow down, be still, know that I'm God. When I hear the word of God speak into my life that says, Chuck, could you just prioritize your life a little more and make sure that Jesus is at the top of the list instead of your to-do list? It gets, well, challenging. And as we head into a new year, I wanna encourage you, yes, look back over the holidays and know they've been wonderful, I'm sure. But as you head into a new year, don't you wanna look back a year from now and be glad that you started something new, something that was better, something that prepared you and your family for your very best year yet. Well, here's a story straight out of scripture that I think will help us. Listen to what happened. Jesus is visiting Mary and Martha. And it says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Now, we're about to see the comparison of these two sisters. Jesus, here in Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, steps into the home. He's visiting with them. They love him. They're buddies. They're friends. I mean, they've, they've been around. I mean, Lazarus is the buddy, is the sisters. Things are good. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all of the work? Tell her to come and help me. In other words, she starts whining. I'm doing it all. How come she doesn't do her part? And can you imagine, I, I see Jesus kind of like the Jesus that's portrayed in The Chosen, where he's probably looking at her going, what in the world? I mean, with all this going on, it, I'm right here in your presence and you're more worried about stirring the gravy. But here is a response that is really interesting. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, he doesn't scold her, he, he refers to her as his friend, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. I, I, I love how Jesus puts things into perspective. I also love how Jesus says, our life shouldn't be nearly as complicated as we've made it. Have you ever noticed that we spend so much of our life trying to be relevant, trying to be successful, trying to accomplish more, that in doing so, we tend to go backwards. I read a study from Stanford just the other day that said, did you know it has been clinically proven now, watch this, scientifically, clinically proven, that when your body works more than 40 hours a week, you actually regress and you accomplish less than if you stop to rest. 
So as we go into a new year, I want to give you a formula that I trust will help you greatly. So let me look at my notes and just give you two or three thoughts that may be of help. Number one, here's what I'd encourage you to do. Go to bed, people. I mean, seriously, go to bed. You need rest. You were built to rest. I mean, people ask me, especially kids will say, well, I guess God had to rest because after he worked so hard to create the world, he had to rest. God just spoke it into creation. He wasn't tired, but he modeled that we would need rest. But now the Lord Jesus, he definitely showed us how to rest. I want you to listen to what happens in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops more well-formed maturity in you. Get your rest. I, I don't know how to say this louder. When I learned that bragging that I only needed five hours of sleep a night literally was one of the most foolish things I could ever say, and that I learned how to sleep, to go to sleep, I became a better dad, I became a better husband, I became a better leader, and yes, I was more productive. But you know what I really was? I had the ability to do step number two, get out of bed. Go ahead and set your clock to get up 15 minutes early. Now, 15 sounds like one of those weird numbers and you don't like odd numbers, set it for 12, right? But whatever you do, get up a few minutes early. I do believe there's something radically important about taking the morning to do three things. One, start with gratitude and make sure you write it down. And what am I writing down? The answer to this question, what am I grateful for? Here's what I've learned. When you prove that you're grateful, what you have will always be enough. And rather than spending time trying to walk around, I don't have what I need, we can be grateful for what we do have. Write it down. No, no more than three, not less than two. What am I grateful for? And don't, go, don't get all super spiritual on me. Just write down what you're grateful for. Now, when you do that, the second thing becomes much easier and just work through reading a piece of scripture a day. And if you don't know how to do that, there are plenty of apps that you can work through a program on that'll walk you through the scripture. Here's what my personal preference is. Read a chapter of Proverbs a day. There's one for every day of the month. Read through that. Once you've done it three months, go to the Gospel of John, then go to James, then go to Philippians, and then go to Ephesians. And when you read in that order, and you could spend six months just doing that, it's not how much you read, it's like getting scripture into you. I've said this before and I'll say it till I die, and that is this, we need to get God's word in us. The Bible says of itself that it's a living, breathing thing. It's like taking a spiritual probiotic into your soul, and God's word will do in you what you cannot do. This is one of the ways God speaks into our life. When people say to me, well, pastor, how do, how do I know God's speaking to me? Then I'll usually say, when is the last time you read any scripture at all? 
well, you know, I'm so busy and I don't really have time. And yet we probably had time for a Netflix show or we probably had time for, you know, the ball game or we probably had time to listen to sports talk radio or you, you get the idea, right? I'm not here to bust your chops on it. I'm here to say to you, if you really do want God's best and you want to know what God has for you, get in his word. You don't need more than about five minutes a day. Just start there. It takes two minutes to write down three things you're grateful for. It takes five minutes to read a piece of scripture. Remember, you can read a chapter of Proverbs a day for an entire month and get through the whole book. And you can't spend more than five or six minutes to read a chapter. Third thing, begin to pray. Now, I know many of you like prayers, like something you say you do, but you know, you just don't really. I mean, studies would show that most of us as followers of Jesus spend less than three minutes a week praying for something other than a meal. Now, I'm just going to let that sit for a minute. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, all these folks that are behind me and they're busy with their life and they're grabbing a cup of coffee and playing games and talking and working. It's just like me and you. We go through the whole day. But what if you knew you could tap into a power source that could change your life? Here's my prayer routine. One, I go back and I state to God openly, out loud, what I was grateful for. I go back and ask the Lord to tell me what he wants me to hear in the scripture that I read. Three, you know what I really love to do? I love to say, Lord, would you give me wisdom today? He promises if you'll ask for wisdom, he will give it to you. So think about this. One, go to bed. Two, get up. And when you get up, follow these three patterns. I'm grateful for, I'm gonna read scripture, I'm going to pray. And listen, don't get on your God voice, you know, Father, how art thou? Just go ahead and pray. Just talk to God. I mean, he can't wait. He knows how you talk anyway. You know, I look at this and I think, here's a big one. And I wanted to use this quote. I can either just do what I want to do, or I can use that time as a time to grow. Counseling 101 says two things. Y'all, listen, you can't get past this. Nothing changes until something changes. And the only thing that matters is what's the next thing I need to change. You know, we live in a world where a lot of us don't like change, especially when it's done to us. But if we're prepared for the change that's coming, change is not that big a deal because we all change. I mean, I doubt if any of you rode a horse to work today or m not many of you today used a rotary phone, right? I mean, life changes, but here's one of the things we can do. We can determine that in five to 10 minutes of our day, we're going to use our free time to mature spiritually. So I wanna give you three tools that I know will help you and we'll roll, scroll them across the bottom so you can see. The first one is we provide for you Monday through Friday, the weekday podcast. Pastor Bobby and I take five minutes a day, unpack a piece of scripture, give you a little commentary. Man, it'll fuel you and get you going. All right, you can listen to it on a, on a walk. You can listen to it while you're working out. You can listen to it while you're meditating. You can listen to it while you ride into the work, right? That's one. The second one, I, I really wanna encourage you to do this. Don't, don't miss every Thursday, a new edition of the Positive Talk podcast. It's where Julie Homrich and I try to merge faith and psychology to help us prepare and grow to not only serve others in our family, but to prepare ourselves for what God desires for us. And then finally, I wanna encourage you to get involved with a group this year. You can sign up for groups at Sugar Hill Church and you'll see across the bottom where you can sign up and be a part of a group. I don't know of anything that will prepare you for your best year ever than to get in a group and take seriously your desire to grow to become more like Christ. All three of those 
are super easy, they cost you nothing, and they're right there available for you. So jump in, but prepare to use your free time wisely. And then, this might be the most difficult one, but number four, I wanna throw this at you and let you be able to take this and run with it. One is continually acknowledge the presence of God. Continually acknowledge the presence of God. Here's what I know to be true. When we openly speak on the things of God, good things happen. When I acknowledge that God is at work in my life and there are no such thing as circumstances, then I can begin to see how God is working in my life, allowing me to respond accordingly. Mary and Martha, they were busy. I mean, but one was busy trying to acknowledge the fact that God was in the house. The other was busy about trying to do the work of the house. I heard a story a long time ago that I thought was really fascinating. It was about a young boy that went to go see his grandpa and decided that he would spend a week with him in the middle of his summer vacation. Well, the problem is grandpa worked on a farm. So in the morning, early morning, after the boy had just already slept all night, I mean, just imagine, you're a kid, you show up at grandma and grandpa's house late in the afternoon, and she breaks out the big supper, and man, they eat, have fun, and play. That little boy gets tucked up in that, you know, soft down comforter, and he's out like a light, right? The problem is, grandpa wakes him up at 4.45 a.m. Like, what in the world? That should happen once a day, right? So grandpa's like, boy, we got to get up. We got to go out to work. And the boy's like, what? Wait, what do we have to do? And he says, we got chores, son. We got to go out and we can do some chores. Well, so they go out, they pick up the eggs, they milk the cows, they do all the stuff, you know? And they come back in after hearing grandma ring the bell. She's got a big country breakfast. She's got scrambled eggs and sausage and biscuits and gravy and bless the Lord. She's got all the good stuff, right? And so the little boy eats and and grandma and grandpa watch him. He's headed back up to bed. So grandpa goes up and says, boy, where are you going? He says, Paul, I'm tired. We've worked all morning. I'm going to bed. He says, no, no, no. He says, son, the, the chores are what we do for the house. The work's out in the fields. And I would say for most of us, we've got to define the difference between our chores and the work of just recognizing the goodness of God. You say, now Chuck, is it work? I think for most of us, it's a reminder that we need to constantly work on acknowledging God's presence in our life. And when we do, prayer becomes easier, scripture becomes easier, gratitude becomes easier, rest becomes easier, all because we've prioritized God in our life. So I want to wrap up today with giving you this little word. Folks, accomplishing more is not going to give you your best year ever. You can rest in Christ. You can become naturally grateful for all that God's doing in your life. You you can speak with God and read God's word and let it meditate in your soul and work in your life. You you can accomplish great things, but not because you're striving to become relevant, but because you're trying to prioritize Jesus. So in this year, when life says, let's go 100 miles an hour with our hair on fire because we got stuff to do, I would encourage you, rest, go to bed, get up refreshed, be grateful, read scripture, pray, make sure you spend that free time trying to grow up in Christ, and acknowledge the goodness of God in everything you do. And when that happens, you will have prepared yourself to have the greatest year ever. You say, well, Chuck, is there any guarantee on that? Yeah, 
There most certainly is. You know what Jesus said? That when we decide to chase after him, all good things happen. Will it be easy? Nope. Is it worth it? Absolutely. So this year, let's go after our best year ever. Let's stop trying to be so busy and so relevant that we truly prioritize Jesus. God bless you, my friend. I know this has been a busy year. Let's have the greatest year ever. And I'll see you back next Sunday at Sugar Hill Church at 9.15 and 11 a.m. And we're gonna chat a little bit more of how we prioritize Jesus in a new year. God bless you, go in peace.